0: Welcome back, it's Ghana Month on Joy and tonight on The Probe we are taking a look at the Ghana we want versus the Ghana we have and uh, tonight uh, my guests have joined me via Zoom and uh, it's Ghana Month on Joy we're told that we are playing 97% Ghana music Uh, but really uh, what makes us truly Ghanaian are the key questions we are hoping to ask tonight and Dr. Kwame Asas anti-political scientist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana uh, has joined us via Zoom. Maose, Oliver, Bakavomawo, a lawyer and convener of the Fix the Country movement and Golda. Now, Adakuado is a better governance strategist. Bashira, I'm sure, will join us and um, shortly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the probe. Good evening. You're down to unmute so we can hear you. Uh,
1: good evening. Can you hear
0: me? Yes, I can hear you now loud and clear. Welcome um, to the probe. I hope we are all doing well and uh, ready for Ghana Month.
1: Fantastic.
0: Great. Well, um, I'll say uh, maybe I'll start with Golda instead. I really want to find out from Golda. Um, Golda, really, what makes you proud to be a Ghanaian, you'd say? If anybody asks you that question, what would be your ideal answer
2: from where you sit? Um, you're me off with a very mm-hmm. difficult one. Previously, I would have said that what makes me proud as a Ghanaian is the fact that we have, we we had so many um, milestone moments where it felt we were leading the African continent to progress in maybe peaceful, you know, nationhood, uh, to progress in democracy, uh, to be able to contribute. Our, uh, the best brains to other parts of the continent to help. Um, today, if you ask me, I would say the best thing for me being a Ghanaian is the ability to persevere. Okay. Um, through, through difficult conditions, just the ability to persevere. Mm. That's what makes you proud to be a
0: Ghanaian. Uh, if I were to ask you, uh, what makes you proud
1: to be a Ghanaian, you'd say? Well, I think it's the, the history and symbolism of this country's um, independence, fight for independence. And, and the, you know, the I'd say for what it's represented for the entirety of the African continent, the promise of a, of a new nation, you know, I think that I look back at that with a lot of nostalgia. And I think that our story is so unique that it can only be uh, that we, the people of Ghana, could only have constructed that history for ourselves. So that history is a sense of pride for a lot of us. Mm.
0: But beyond that history, really, uh, Dr. Asasante, I feel, I'm sure you've heard Golda and uh, Bakaboma on this. How about you? Probably Ghanaian, when we say that, what really does it mean?
3: It's only coming from the fact that we are looking at how far we have arrived here, from where we come from, all Right. If you are able to trace that history uh, that brought us to this far, uh, this is the only thing that put us together. You realize that beyond that, um, politics uh, has divided us. Uh, we live in a society where instability has created all manner of problems. And bad leadership has destroyed this one fine idea of building a society we'll call our own and defend it to the hilt. Uh, today, the story is different. Mm. And we know the forces at work that is preventing all these things from happening. But the good news is that you have young people of today, and some of whom are ready to fight on and continue from where our leaders left off. And for me, that is the spirit that is going to hold us together and fight on. Otherwise, um, one would have been tempted to say that uh, it's already a lost battle. But uh, there is hope
0: mm.
3: at the end of uh, the day.
0: Well, most all of you, I'm sure, very sure that you've traveled far and wide. But really, uh, we've heard elsewhere at least about the American dream amongst others. Do we have a Ghanaian dream? Luda, um, should I come to you on this? Do you, from where you sit, yeah. do you get a sense that we have... A
2: Ghanaian dream and what is it? This was actually a project some almost four years ago where we spent time uh, asking people, what would you declare as a Ghanaian dream? Mm -hmm. I don't think we really found a lot of answers. They were all aspirations and hopes, not as much as, you know, a Ghanaian dream. But I would say the Ghanaian dream, um, if we're going to be honest, is to be able to actualize the Ghana that we know is possible. A lot of Ghanaians are still very patriotic at, at heart. Um, they 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 have this burning desire to be able to find enough um, it, something deep inside to continue maintaining that hope. You know, so I think that that is a Ghanaian dream to be able to actualize mm. the best form and the best version of Ghana that we could get in our lifetime. Okay. Oliver, is that a Ghanaian dream?
1: If we understand the Ghanaian dream as something that is shared collectively that defines our spirit, you know, that every person who grows up is inculcated in, then I think is the desire to have a person in some high place when disaster strikes. Connection, whether it's in the hospital, somebody you can call who can procure you blood when you need blood transfusion. Somebody who is that we are always looking for somebody who can be able to help you beat the kind of system we have created. That's what I suppose is defining of what this the, the, the structure is. But if you want to be aspirational in terms of and perhaps put a and look at our experience through rose tinted glasses, we can as well say, is that refusal to. to to stay back down when you have beaten several times, continue to rise again. Mm. Some of the things that we have seen as a nation, the fact that we con- a lot of people continue to have yes. hope that this country can arise above its current station. Perhaps even in the face of you know uh, uncertainty, we are continuing to hope for the best. There's something in there that we we, we can look to. You know, a lot of times when you talk to Ghanaians, every time they will tell you that we are managing. I suppose in that management it's a sense that we are refusing to give up.
0: I think. Dr. Sassante, I've, at least I've listened to you lecture a number of um, young ones at the University of Ghana uh, in the area of political science. I bet this question may have come up before. Do you get a sense that we have a Ghanaian dream and when you find out from them, what do they say it is? Do they even know what it is?
3: Mm, it is um, a difficult one. Uh, answers that you get from people when you pose this question to them. Um, a whole um you, you get a sense that people are confused as to what we want, simply because uh, what our forefathers set for us as something which should put us together, we have lost it. So now we are trying to find uh, what is the Ghanaian dream. But if that is the case, then um, I'm inclined to say that we are looking at things that will unite us, as opposed to things that are put us in different groups, and then we tend to fight Ourselves and destroy what we want to build. Remember that those uh, who build the state uh, actually uh, focus on uh, the fact that we want to have a society we can call our own—a mm-hmm. society where we have uh, we enjoy freedom and we develop in freedom. Is that the society we have today? Um, a society where uh, you have leaders who can see things far ahead of them and be able to predict what will happen and then find solutions to problems uh, that are ahead of us. Do we, is that the leadership we have today? A society where we have leaders who will lead us with honesty and sincerity and leaders who will not be corrupt. Uh, this is a society that we have leaders who want everything for themselves and every other human being uh, can, you know, go and hang himself Uh, that is a sorry story Uh, so in the midst of all the difficulties you realize that the Ghanian is confused as to whether there is a dream but Mm -hmm. it is uh, our duty that we make it what a reality by having the Ghanian dream where all of us uh, will rally around and make sure that it works for our society. Mm.
0: I'm sure, I'm told, but Bashira too, um, Kamal finally joins us. Uh, we have a better connection to her now. Bashira too, if you can hear me, maybe we'll just give you a bite at it and then we can get, delve deeper into the conversation now. So we've been talking about what makes us proud to be a Ghanaian and whether we have a Ghanaian dream. Maybe you can box the two together and, and give us your take on this and then we can get into the discussion. Thank you, Arif. I hope you can hear me. Yes,
4: loud and clear, much better. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I think um, what makes you proud to be a Ghanaian is because you're a Mm Ghanaian, first and foremost. And because of that identity of your being a Ghanaian, you have to be proud about that identity so that anyone who even comes into contact with you, it's able to respect that identity and the country as a whole. Um, And then the other one about the Ghanaian dream, it's quite interesting, listening to Oliver Golda and Dr. Because I am not sure, right? we have different generations. Someone will say they are generation, they are Zen Z, millennia. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it it's on the whole, each one of the generations have what they call a, a, a perfect Ghanaian dream. Because due to how the system has become, people are seeing things differently. I experience a lot of things differently as is being experienced today. In my days, even though I went to a private school, there were free exercise books being shared to students in a public school. And at a time when they bring the books home, you'll be like, "Ah, why didn't I go to a public school? Now it's the opposite. You know, private school students are better in terms of infrastructure and systems and other things. And public schools are in a sorry state. So it's even difficult for people to say that I'm going to either a DA or LA or whatever we might call it. And the other thing is, like Oliver mentioned, everybody is hoping to know someone in a position of power so that when they find themselves in any uncomfortable situation, um, even in situations where there's supposed to be an equal opportunity for all, like looking for a job, going for a job interview, assessing medical care, you know, assessing opportunities in higher institutions, or however you may call it, you still need some connection, someone to make a phone call, mm-hmm. or you need a protocol. To be able to access something that is supposed to be a basic right to you as a person, so I think a better Ghanaian dream will be um, a place or a society where all systems and structures, you know, are equal. Everyone can access them equally. Um, a society where um, the state is responsible for what it's supposed to do,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, where systems are in place. State institutions are doing what they are expected to do. Um, where companies are doing what they are expected to do and then where citizens have the opportunity to be part of the governance system of a country as well.
0: Okay. Well, Oliver, you've been leaving a, a movement um, to fix the country. It's hashtag Fix the Country? We're wondering what exactly is wrong with Ghana that we are hoping to fix. I mean, I think that's one
1: of the things we can all agree. My brother-in-law died suddenly. Now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. After that, I told my wife we couldn't put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. Savings of $369 a year.
4: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to Selectquote.com. That's Selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at Selectquote.com. Hey everyone, it's Joe Montana. Spreading the word about pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can be life-threatening. If you're 65 or older like me, you're at increased risk. So, what's the game plan? A strong defense. Pneumococcal pneumonia can strike at any time, in any season. So you shouldn't wait to help protect yourself. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about vaccination today and learn more at pneumonia.com That's K-N-O-W-Pneumonia.com.
3: Sponsored by Pfizer. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad, ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca
1: registrada de FCA US LLC. que es una marca registrada de FCA USLC. Soy que es una marca registrada de FCA USLC. Soy que es una marca registrada de FCA USLC. Soy que es una marca registrada de FCA USLC. Soy que es de FCA what our advocacy is about is to create a sense of belief that if we do put ourselves to it, that we we galvanize a sense of of wanting to be part of the solution, Mm -hmm. that perhaps we can move the country even forward. So a lot of the times we've talked about that our advocacy and our messaging is more directed towards the Ghanian rather than those who are in, in positions of power. Because first we must regain the faith that this country can change And without that sense of belief, without believing that, you know, anything we do matters, nobody is invested in the process of how we rethink and build the republic. Mm. That, for me, is the essence of our advocacy in general, that a lot more young people have to believe that this country can, in fact, be able to achieve justice for them, that they might be able to see their dreams actualized in, 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 in this republic. That process we have lost, and that's what a lot of this is about, I think.
0: What would you say led us to that sense of belief that you think is in the youth generally that you were hoping that we could fix?
1: Well, it's, it's so, it's, 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 I mean, it's I, 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 a lot of the times I talk about the Fourth Republic and the text years we have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because past years have not brought us closer, but I think that in 1992 there was a sense of renewal that we were not going to do politics of old, that things were going to change, that we were going to be going to see the vision 2020 Ghana realized. You know, there were so many promises that were made that whether they were not believed by the elite class that made those promises, or in fact there was no commitment to actualizing and realizing them. And as a result of it, so many people have seen dreams broken. So many people have lost. People within the dysfunctional healthcare system. So many people have lost. job opportunities, opportunities to be able to grow for themselves. A lot of us are, are, are walking into retirement where our pensions are not secure. You know, so we are we are seeing a whole generation lost, and I've, in fact, the fact that all of this is happening in our lifetime, we are not seeing punishments being given to anybody. We are not seeing any sense of real accountability for some of the things that are happening in the country. Obviously, people give up. So, in so many types of situations where even injustice has occurred, myself as somebody who has been involved in the process of you know trying to get justice for people and all things, even in those situations, people want to be able to. They want to have a touch and go relationship. If if I was slapped and they took my phone, I just want the phone back and I don't want to deal with it. Because I don't truly believe that justice can occur. You know, so just the little I can get out of this system that doesn't is not invested towards restoring the fate of its citizens, gradually we, we feel the effect. You know, one of the things I say is that if you look at public sector generally, there's a general feeling that those at the top get away with so much corruption and graft that to get any service done people feel justified to ask you for money because they feel like well those at the top have sorted themselves out I might as well do same but if there's a sense that there's a real accountability there's real transparency that people actually pay for for the wrongs they do that feeling will transcend across how we deal in the public space or, or treat the public thing mm-hmm. so that has accumulated and gotten us to this point i think
0: well, some of us have seen uh, the journey in terms of um, this campaign and advocacy to fix the country, but really, 67-year-old Amagana, how has it been fixing it? Oliver, maybe I'll wrap up on, on that for you.
1: Well, one of the things, I, I suppose one of the things that we can still take pride in is that it's still a young republic, if mm-hmm. you, I mean, comparatively to so many different societies. And that as long as a lot of people, we can still create a critical mass of people who believe or come to whether it's blind faith or other, that this republic, Amagana, this our motherland, can still be able to, you know, and I can't say it's take on its best cloth, find into my platform. Mm-hmm. That belief that says that things can change is only what can drive this republic forward. But if we lose that, then we lose everything. I think.
0: Mm. Doctor Asante, this sixty-seven-year-old um, country, uh, we call her Amagana. Um, I, I don't know why, but at least that's what we've all come to know that um, is our motherland and she's ama but really this is the ghana we have but we are told there is a ghana we want really what's wrong with this ghana we have such that there is a ghana we are looking forward to or desiring to have
3: uh, the wrong things about this ghana that we have today is that we are in leadership crisis if you look at where we took off from independence we had great potentials with leaders who had vision whose vision went beyond their ethnic group uh, to move into other parts of what, beyond Ghana and other parts of Africa. And that you cannot single out. You cannot mention names without leaving out Sajid Dr Kwame Nkrumah. He lived way beyond his contemporaries in terms of ideas, in terms of plans, in terms of development, ideas, and the rest of them. After independence, uh, we saw uh, the, the, the politics of decay uh politics of uh misgovernance uh, misuru, uh you know human rights violations and the rest of them and you realize that all these things have affected our identity as a people and and it has you know lowered our desire mm-hmm. uh, to fight as a one people uh for uh, one cause today you have a large army of youth without jobs we have a whole lot of what natural resources given to us, but we don't tap them and develop them for the benefit of human society. The ecosystem that God gave us that we need to protect and defend has I been mean, bastardized. And we have a government that sit down as if it is on sabbatical leave. All right. We have, you know, um, socialization that is supposed to what bring us all together. As kids developers and inculcate values that will enable us to defend all the good things that we have have been turned to the dogs. We have a society that wealth is everything and that it doesn't matter integrity and order. We've compromised integrity for wealth. We compromise integrity for anything that gives us what short term what pleasure and advantage. And today we are worried where we are. Uh, these are the evils that have reared really their ugly heads in our system, and today we are paying dearly for that. Uh, that if we want to fix this, we need soul searching. Mm. All right. As Aristotle said, the unexamined life is not worth living. We must come to that, uh, you know, realization and that things are not good enough and that there is a need uh, to have a paradigm shift. That's the beginning. And then um, we walk away from the talk shop uh, to what real workshop where we put things together and then do things. That what addresses our problems uh, that we have today. And above all, we must have what a sense of patriotism that uh, says that, look, this is the country that we have and that we must apply our shoulders to the wheel and work uh, to save this country and save generations Ahead of us. Mm-hmm. If we lose it, I'm afraid it doesn't amount, it doesn't matter the amount of what, uh, rhetorics, it doesn't amount, uh, it doesn't matter the number of times that we change government and all that. If we lose this, we will struggle to find the path to destiny.
0: But you talk about leadership, we are the ones that select the leaders that we have.
3: They are simply because we are not careful in selection. We select we select based on other factors which are not necessary. We select based on ethnicity. We select based on religion. We select based on other unnecessary what factors. But you, look, leaders are those who will lead and unlock your potentials. We need people who will lead by example. People who would what, stimulate what work. People who will lead by what very good example and who will unlock our potential so that we develop what God has given us to the very best. We have lost them. We have lost them. This country really need the political John the Baptist who will see things far ahead and tell the people like, look, let us go this way. And that is my prayer. But all is not lost yet. Um, I hope and pray and that as that book goes on, people will learn from all that we are talking about. And at the end of the day, one day, we'll look back and say that we've made it.
0: Mm. But Golda, for you, is it so much about the issue about leadership or it's also the issue about the identity and our values as a country that is hampering this quest to getting the Ghana we want? Or are we satisfied with the Ghana we have?
2: I don't know about you. Um... Definitely, identity has a big, a big part to play. Um, uh, Prof was talking about the inability to vote for the right kind of leaders, but the fact of the matter is that um, we are not given the choice. We have delegates, and they determine the leaders that we end up voting for. So even when we get to the ballot box finally, we have been given candidates who have been selected by people who select them based on how well they are paid by these people. Um, so we we, have, we actually don't have a choice. And the question is, why do these people do this? Uh, irrespective of their tribes, most of these delegates behave the same way. Uh, but when it comes to values and identity, I think that when you end up in a system where you you are looking at survival as your priority. Nothing else matters to you. You are not going to go and declare um, uh, integrity or you are not going to try and um, be uh, an angel and do the right thing all throughout because you are not given the choice. So I, I think for me, Ghana has become a space where we live under the facade of law, right? There's a saying that no man is above the law and no man is below the law, right? In Ghana, actually, there is no rule of law, but there's this amazing facade as if all that is working is rule of law. Mm. In actual fact, the law has become the personal tool of the very people at the top or in the leadership positions. And... To use it and how Mm -hmm. to make it function. Um, When it comes to 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 that, therefore, you are not going to be able to declare that you can have the Ghana you want. I I I'm going to pause here briefly because Mm -hmm. um, I I think I won't say a bit more, but I feel it's going to go way out of the question (laughs) you asked me. So. Um, okay. Okay. I'll
0: take that uh, from you, uh, Golda. Uh, but uh, the issue about rule of law comes up and uh, the lawyer amongst us uh, I'm sure, yeah. I'll throw that to him uh, back up. So it looks like uh, for Golda, uh, even though there is rule of law, it's almost non-existent and it um, just works for a few. And one of the issues for her is what is hampering our quest to getting the desired Ghana. The issue about leadership has come up, values and our identity also. For you, what's standing in that way?
1: I think, for me, I think it's the people. Um, And when I say the people, I don't say it in a way that creates fault with the people as persons who are not good enough. But I think generally there's a lack of belief and faith that anything good can come out of the country. Mm. And when people have that faith, that sense, they stop trying. Because I do think that there's so many things that happen in this republic that Everybody just feels tired, people don't want to do anything about it, and people just, just resign themselves to a particular faith. But in fact systems can change if we have faith that they can change. Because then that leads us to move more. A lot of the space that we've left we've left for leadership and the things that have gotten away with is because we have allowed it for so long to happen. That we've allowed the disrespect to go and we have allowed, you know, the kind of substandard leadership that continues to occur. So i always give an example you know in our protest we're calling one of our protests. we're calling for the president to resign mm-hmm. and so many people will say but is that even feasible for an african country you it's almost if our imagination blocks at a certain point that our our you know mm-hmm. refusal to believe in our own capacity and our voices singing enough to demand for those who we are by our own industry elected to be accountable for us and that we can withdraw that mandate when, when we feel so. So I do think that that process of rebuilding the faith that, in fact, you matter, your voice matter, and everything you have to do can create change has to be discovered for this country to be able to move forward. If not, it has always been the nature of power for people to take advantage of those who are meek and those who are voiceless. Hmm. That is the way in which power has traditionally operated, and if given the space, to continue to do so. And we always say that power conceives nothing without demand. We have to make that demand. We have to knock on those doors. That is the way we, the people, come in. So far, we are not doing it enough. I mean, we always have to remember that even as we are trying to do more, power, power is place to continue to push back at us, to create scapegoats of people who speak up, to try to make the cost of you standing up if really expensive. But you have to remember that at the long run, at the end of the day, you win. And that generations after you, don't have to suffer the same fate that you have suffered. Yeah. Some of the things that we are talking about, some of the struggles we are doing now, we won't do them if our parents and fathers before us mothers had done these struggles, had pushed back against the system. And we have to have a sense of responsibility towards tomorrow's generation. That we may not see these changes in our lifetime, but my God, tomorrow deserves better than we see today.
0: Mm, Because I was coming to that. This issue about we not having the faith and resigning from having that kind of faith that things would change for the better, can you really blame the people? Uh, if you say that they've stopped having that kind of faith, because over the period, nothing really has come out from having that faith. What then do you expect them to do?
1: That is true. I mean, I think that like power operates in a way that makes you feel voiceless. It's intended to do so that you begin to internalize it. And that when you begin to internalize that sense that your leaders cannot give you anything, they feel much more secure in where they are. So you say that the rent is expensive in Ghana. They say, if you don't like Ghana, go to Canada. Things, that sense of disrespect, that it doesn't stop. You know, and you have to be able to get to a point where you say that, you know what, we may have lost the faith now, and I don't believe that. I don't even know if this will work. But I'll stay there and fight nonetheless. We have to get to that point where we stop the slide. That is where the, uh, you know, our sense and our focus is working towards. Because without that, it doesn't ever stop. I always give the example that if you take Haiti. Haiti gained its independence saw back in the eighteenth century, in the seventeen hundreds. If you take Liberia as one of the oldest African republics, they are worse off than we are today. Time alone does not solve the problems that the country has. So if we think that just by being, things will change, it's not gonna happen. They can in fact get worse. And history has shown that they do get worse unless the people themselves resolve and stand up to demand different. So that's the that's the unfortunate situation which we're put in. But it's a situation which power wants it to be in. This desperation, this sense that nothing works, because then they can profit better off our backs.
0: Mash, mm. really, um, for you, um, in terms of you've heard the issues about leadership and the people themselves, the issue about our culture and our identity, one of the reasons why we are not getting to the Ghana we want and we're sticking with the Ghana we have and people have resigned from having faith, at least from what you've heard from Bakavoma. What would you say is actually hampering our quest to get to where we
4: we are supposed to be. Hmm. I think key amongst them, Prof mentioned, is the issue about the leadership crisis that we all find ourselves in. Um, No matter how we choose to look at it, Someone needs to take the lead. And we have voted for people to take the lead on such things. Now, it's sad to note that in our current dispensation, those people we have voted to give power to are using the power to actually oppress us in the end. And the question you asked, Oliver about um, why why have the people resigned to faith, why are we not acting? It's also about an issue of witch hunting, Mm. victimization. Oppression in different forms because you have people who speak up, just common writing a common post on Facebook mm-hmm. or commenting under somebody's post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. The next thing they see themselves at the disciplinary committee of the organization, mm-hmm. where letters would have been written or just a phone call would have been written, and you are called and asked, Choose between politics and your job, or choose between criticizing this government or this MP and your job. And in this society where, I mean, uh, getting a job is really difficult. I mean, of course, it's given that people will choose their livelihood over commenting around issues of political interest or issues that benefit all of us generally. And we, I I mean, as a member of the Fix the Country, we've seen it unfold itself in different forms. When some of the conveners of Fix the Country um, suffered the same fate, so some of them we did understand had to just go back, you know, step back a bit from the campaign and others. And added to this is also this culture of, you know, we talk, oh, sorry, there's a light out here. I'm on a plantation, so yeah, it's fine. That's fine. There's, this, there's, this, there's this culture of um, Jamaica, you know, which which has become quite popular. So people would tell you if you, you, you are talking about issues and you are even trying to educate people to understand that when an MP builds a school, or a borehole for you. He has not done you a favor. He's actually supposed to do that. And you have paid for that to be done. You know, um, that people are being told that you don't have to question the system. Allow the, the system to operate. What you have to do, focus on your work, get your money, and move on with your life. You know, without complaining. But we do also forget that not everyone will have that voice to be able to, you know, speak on issues generally like we are just doing on um, now on TV. Not everyone will want to do that. Even though people may have agency, but it may be difficult for them just for the same reasons what I just told you, that people might be witch haunted. I, for instance, there was a time that I was filled to be on a TV show And then within minutes, I think 30 minutes to the show, I had a call that the show had been canceled. But it was not so. It was because of my involvement in social media activism that someone felt that I was um, bashing them too much. So they had influence in that media house. So they got my name out. And it was not also like I was being paid to be on that show. So they are lost. But who was going to benefit from my comment you know, who was going to be the person who learned something new to be able to ask for what um, belongs to them rightfully? Then there is also an issue of voter apathy. Now, in this 2024 election, we are waiting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Whether people will genuinely go out to vote or people will resign to fate to say that this is my political party. I am disappointed by what the party has done. So I'd rather not vote at all and I'll stay at home. You know, And that is where you begin to have the challenge of others going out in their numbers to vote. Electing leaders that you end up sitting down and complaining about, but you refuse to go and vote. And you also have a situation where, like a lot of Ghanaians will say, that we have no option. It's the same political parties we have to choose from. It's NDC and MPP. Mm-hmm. So now, do we choose the lesser devil or we choose what? you know, which is also affecting people. And we have people who have also tasted the two sides and are saying that there is no hope. So I just have to face my business and go ahead and do that business as well. And there are people who are also using their stomach to determine how this country is run. Like Goda and the others have said. I mean you have people who are going to, a small number of us, going to choose the people that the majority of us have to End up choosing. So I mean a political party structure has determined how I should vote. And I look at the two sides and then I determine based on policies that this is a better side than this side. And you are restricted. You have to just go by it. You know, so a lot more needs to go on in terms of advocacy, sensitization and education. Um using the constitution like fix the country at a point was doing, uh, mobilizing grassroots power where they understand that when something happens to you, when a school is built, it's because you've paid taxes and you deserve a school. There's free, compulsory, basic education in the Constitution, so nobody's doing you a favor.
1: The more we
4: think that people know that these things are supposed to be a right to them, the better they will behave, so that it's not like an MP refused to build a, to- a public toilet for us. So we won't vote for that MP for refusing to build a public toilet as well. Then there's also an issue about decent jobs. I like the fact that Prof was talking about the ecosystem and others. Tied to decent work is also the issue about poverty. And how do we get that out of the system? Now, the whole Ghanaian system is being run on a a, a temporary basis. Mm -hmm. Where you get a job, five months, you are out. You know, It's a contract. So at at every point in time, it's being renewed. And they are doing that so that when they take all your power away from you, you are guiding what you say at the workplace. You can't complain. You can't comment on how your job is structured, how much you are even paid. You can't take them to authorities if they, um, they breach the law or in terms of payment of statutory disaster license, pensions, and others. You know. But if you, have, if you don't have a temporary job, you can comment on these things and if you have the right to maybe form trade unions and the union is speaking on your behalf you have more power but these things are no longer there but these are things that were basic things and it's also enshrined in the constitution freedom of association ghana has ratified several international treaties and protocols including the ilo convention so right to collective bargaining so if i know That I comment on how work is structured and management is doing something wrong and I talk about it. And uh, they will not come after me. I'll still be protected. I'll definitely uh, talk for the right things to be done in the organization rather than sitting aloof. And it's the same thing we are seeing in our system. Where our MPs can talk anyhow to us and we can't even ask them for accountability. And the biggest question, I understand that at some point, Golda was getting a bit emotional. And I do understand her because you live in a system whereby if I don't have money, if Golda doesn't have money, Oliver, Prof or whoever, we are stuck in this system for seeking health care for ourselves and our families. On this national health insurance that the people who claim that it's working perfectly are not enrolling their families on, the same educational system that they are not using, and they are sending all their family and their children outside of the country in their quest for better education. But they are forcing us to stay in this system. They pick flights, they go outside to seek better health care, using the same resources we could have used, you know, to support some of our health facilities that we have. And even the health facilities that we have, if you go seeking health care in this same system that we are looking to be better. And you don't have money to pay. And you rely solely on the National Health Insurance that they tell us is the best. You know, you, you may die. You might die. So in the end, you have to choose. They'll ask you whether you are using the National Health Insurance or you are or you using care. the National Health Insurance. Mm-hmm. You know? If you are paying out of pocket, there is a special way that you are treated in a hospital. That one, they can dispute it, but that is the truth. All of us have become victims of that system. If you are using national health insurance, there is a way you also are treated in the same hospital. And this is not just affecting people who are wealthy or people who are poor. All of us put together. That is why it's important that we all come together with one voice, you know, Mm. to talk about the system and make Ghana better. So that we can all live in a society that is just, that is free and that we can all talk freely without any
0: Fear of victimization, really. um, Dr. Asasanti, you raised the issue about leadership. but You had Golda and then also uh, Bash um, raise the issue about uh, how can we talk about leadership when, in fact, we have allowed just a small group of people and the political party structure to give us the option of choosing between the the bigger evil and the lesser of those evils to lead this country. Um, You are into political science, really. Um, is, is it time to change that kind of system? Is it possible to actually change that kind of system to make it better in terms of who we elect or who we put out there as our leaders?
3: What we need to know that we are not operating a direct democracy as it used to be in Athens, where every male adult was a part of policy or decision in what Athens No, uh, Society has become complex and uh, we have moved on so today we have representative democracy where um a small fraction of the people are selected to represent the people at all levels so you don't expect any uh you know system to allow everybody for instance at the grassroots to select their leaders no Mm. you give the power to a few people that we have reposed confidence in, you have entrusted power with to do the selection. The whole argument about this is that when the selection is done by a small group of people that you have chosen, the selection tends to be the best. And yes, there are a few problems here and there, but it's the best system. And that at the end of the day, uh, you and I have a duty uh, to sanction that or to reject it. That is where the bulk of the responsibility lies that after they have done that selection, they at the national level where we are given the opportunity that these are the people they give to us. We have the, the right to scrutinize them in terms of what their personality, in terms of what their ideas, in terms of their policies and all that. And at the end of the day, we should come to a firm uh, decision that, yes, this one is better than the other in terms of all the things that we are using as measuring rods. This is where we fail to do. And the reasons are numerous. One of the reasons is that um, if you look at our country, literacy level, you and I, is very low. So we need to intensify advocacy, education, for people to become abreast with issues so that when we are assessing leaders, we can assess them based on standard what measurement and not based on emotions, ethnicity, and all those unnecessary things. Mm. And this is one of the things that, that over the years. Yes, we are doing our best, but we have not been able to what, get to uh, the bottom of it and always that's a problem. Issue of poverty mm-hmm. has created a situation where a little cramps, when they are thrown out during what selection of such leaders, uh, people gravitate towards that and then use that as what, a way of replacing or shortchanging their own self, once they get that, uh, any decision they want to take.
4: My brother-in-law died suddenly.
0: Whether you need a 500000 dollars policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life
4: insurance. For your free quote, go to selectquote.com. Selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com. Select
3: quote. We
4: shop, you save.
0: Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials.
3: They want to take to favor, the one who threw out those crumbs to them. And that's unfortunate. Also, we have lived in a system where hypocrisy has taken a better part of our society, where we know that these are the very things when we do, we undermine our own system. We gloss over, we turn blind eye to them and pretend as if they do not exist. Look at today. Uh, people are looking for political power and as if they are on the market. It's for sale. The person with the highest what money is able to what buy, uh, sell. Uh, you throw out money out and people buy and then you get a leader if you get a leader through this process of course you are not going to get an leader with his or head salt you are going to get somebody that money through monetary what inducement what you have he has born out of that process that is not leadership okay. and today who has the courage the team the the courage to stand and talk about these things political parties are saying all this we see them in broad daylight sharing money but we have lost leaders in our society who said this is wrong and all that they will deceive us into believing that it is what oh nothing it is a means by which we help people who don't have transport and all that these arguments must be you know sent to the marines it's it's bogus but here you are you will have people well-meaning people who support this and pretend as if nothing that hypocrisy is killing us and also one of the things that have undermined leadership so much is the fact that, look, we are prepared to die with our party forever and their leaders. It doesn't matter whether they do things right or wrong. Uh, party tradition has really, you know, occupied our attention so much that uh, we look down upon real issues that really support society. Okay. We, uh, we we worship our leaders, uh, we, we, we hold them in high esteem, and we are not ready to speak the truth to power, and that is what is lacking. Mm. I believe that if you really want to build the Ghana that you and I believe in, Ghana that our forefathers were built and had a dream that we will be able to continue the forward march, then we need to change our ways. Mm. We need to be able to be bold and then we'll speak the truth at all times. It mm. doesn't matter whether it hurts or not. Okay. We need to have leaders who have what? Vision. Whose vision goes beyond this country, and then leaders who will be able to bring things that will improve our lot. Okay. We need leaders who are selfless and they are prepared to serve this country. And I stand and I do with my heart for people like Kwame Nkrumah, people like Wadbuzia, people like Lehman, and, and the rest of them. They govern this country. They have nothing in terms of wealth that they can show, but their works are there. We need people who will come and what, uh, show that shining example, and then we emulate. Mm. And this is the Ghana that we want to build. Anything okay. full of, uh, short of this, I'm afraid, is nothing but an aberration.
0: Okay, Oliver, you've talked about the people a lot and the fact that uh, they may not have the faith. But in the face of corruption and all the issues about illegal mining, all the things uh, that bring us down as a country, do you think that the people are angry enough as well uh, when it comes to uh, the kinds of things that happens in this country? At least you've interacted a lot with people.
1: Uh, I think the Ghanaians are very angry about the situation in which we are. But I think the Ghanaians are not organized enough. So we haven't under-organized. The biggest forms of organizations we see in our political spheres, civic society, are political parties. And so a lot of the times, they then recycle people into this system that they have created that generate and sustain themselves. But outside of that space, mm. for communities to be able to come together, for individual groups, interest groups across to be able to mobilize and do things, we don't see that level of organization that can become an appropriate counterweight to the policies of decay that we are witnessing on a day-to-day. So that's, that's where the bigger issue is. The process of building systems of organizations, groups that can come together and be able to fight off across different societies is what we are missing. If you go to France, you see that the farmers' unions are very, very well organized. They can take over the airports, they can okay. pour all their produce onto the streets. We don't see that level of organization here. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest challenges to be able to build an effective counterweight system to the kind of politics and, and, and the system that the politicians have created, in fact.
0: Mm. Okay. In wrapping up, I'm going to go down and then bash on this, but um, in some three days, we are 67. Are we truly independent? Our theme is our independence, our pride. Is there anything to be proud of when it comes to our independence? Are we truly independent?
1: Well, behind you, we, we, we have the Independence Act, and mm-hmm. it says freedom and justice. Mm-hmm. I think that those ought to be the measurement of our society. How have we built a just society are people free from economic anxiety? Are they free from poverty? have we been able to liberate people from the ills of the society that we have created? I don't think that we've been able to measure to our own ideas and what we, the founding fathers and the founding generation put ahead of themselves as the ultimate goal for our society. The challenge is not that we are not there. The challenge is, in fact, that it doesn't seem that we have constructed a path that will take us there. And that's even the most depressing part of it. So even though we yearn for these things and every society must always seek to move and continue to go beyond,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: don't seem to have a clear direction and the person that we continue to put in place do not even care about the project of really leading us towards a just society and, and ensuring that people are in fact free in their pursuits.
0: Okay. Golda, independence our pride. Yes. Truly, we have independence at
2: 67 that we should be proud of. Um, I, I think that we did not get the chance to truly bond as a, as a people, as a nation um, before the colonial masters took over. And after we got our technical independence from the colonial masters, I believe that the, the Nkrumah situation that led to the one-party state and the paranoia that led to the coup d'etat has also not helped us in really coming together to bond as a people. Until we truly come together and see ourselves as one, it will be very difficult for us to enjoy the independence that we've been celebrating uh, because a country is its people. You can't have an empty landmass without the people, and the people are actually just separate individuals doing their own thing. Um, so, so we need to move on, on on the issue of how do we truly find leaders who can bring us together. Um, The leadership situation, I heard what Prof said, and I'm very quickly going to say that in the local, uh, the the assembly elections that were held recently, people got into their positions with as few as six, seven votes. Do we have anything in our laws that declare that if 90% of voters decide not to go and vote, if we do not get 50% of them, we will not declare precedent. If we don't have laws okay. of that nature. We're going to keep doing this whole... For presidency, segment. at least, it ought to be 50 plus 1,
0: at least for the presidency. It's the district assemblies that I'm not too sure what, what is said. Right, mm. right.
2: So, so the, those are the problems because, you know, okay. the smallest unit of our, you know, democracy has to be able to reflect these things that uh, are practiced at the top. So uh, I worry about a lot of these situations um, and how that keeps us away from truly being independent. Okay. Um, until that that happens, we can only continue to to hope. Okay. Well, this is a discussion that definitely uh, we will
0: continue having throughout the month of um, March because it's um, our Heritage Month and the month of uh, Ghana Month we call it. We're really out of time on this. I was hoping to hear Bash and uh, Dr. Kwame Santi finally on our true independence. But definitely, Dr. Santi and Bash, I promise you, we'll get to have this discussion again. We are grateful uh, for your time here. On the probe, uh, Bashira Kamau is a gender, labor and safeguarding specialist. Dr. Kwame Santi, a political scientist and senior lecturer at the University of Ghana. Mao Oliver Bakavomawo, a lawyer and convener of the Fix the Country movement. And then Golda Na is a